am I actually recording? What's going on here? Hang on, wait a second. Um, oh, goodness. Welcome, everybody, to episode 192 of the Metabilis 2 podcast, which is featuring currently me, Ben. And I am David. And we're back, sort of. We're back, <laughs> baby. Yeah. We had to blow the dust off the microphone here and uh, yeah. figure out where Audacity was and all that good stuff. Yeah, reboot our thingy engines and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been a heck of a year but we're going to give this another try here so we'll see we how are, it goes yeah. yeah 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 we're back and and um uh, and hopefully be able to you know keep on producing the podcast excellence that you've come to expect from this podcast <laughs> even though i mean i know i know we know you will be missing us because um uh, you've been telling us that you've been missing us so you know yes yeah very kind of you yeah which but, is good because uh, yeah yeah so and we'd we be missing you all as well, our yeah. dear, dear listener. Yeah, I actually haven't talked much about Doctor Who uh, for seven months. Yeah, and... weird. What's the show again? <laughs> I haven't watched any Doctor Who since our last podcast uh, seven months ago. So I've been kind of uh, taking a Doctor Who break. Uh, who ate us, if you will. <laughs> um, what are the, I mean, yes, I've, I've watched all of them. I've watched, yeah, I, I did the whole Flux thing. Hmm, okay. um, and also, I've been very much enjoying some of the reconstructed DVDs or Blu-rays, whatever you want to call them, from BBC with the animations of uh, Evil of the Daleks uh, yes. and the um, redone animation of uh, Power of the Daleks and the new version of um, Web of Fear. And currently on my to-watch pile is Galaxy 4, which I'm very much looking forward to. I hope we will get to that sometime over the Christmas period. Yeah, we should talk about those in a future pod. We will, we will. I've, I've actually been doing a lot of traveling. So again, uh, podding has been something tricky, tricky to do. But anyway. Yeah, so I guess this is Christmas time that we are doing this. And I thought we should look at the Christmas omnibuses, which was, if I recall correctly, kind of your entry into Doctor Who in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but um, through a system of analyzing my own my own memories and cross-referencing those memories with facts drawn from the internet, like all facts are drawn, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, I, I realized uh, a few years ago that the very first Doctor Who I ever saw was the Christmas omnibus edition of the Sea Devils. And the reason why I know this is because I have very strong memories of the Sea Devils, like everyone does. You know, they're coming up from the ocean. Right, um, right. There's a sword string fight. Vests. Um, there's string vests. Um, there's boats. There's an oil rig. There's submarines. There's all kind of cool, all kinds of cool stuff. Very strong memories of those. But I have no memory whatsoever of any other stories in that particular season. The, the memory that I have subsequent to the Sea Devils is the Three Doctors. So if we kind of look at those memories, we realize that actually, you know, the first Doctor Who I was permitted to see, age, um, I must have been six, I think, um, was on the 27th of December over Christmas, I guess, in 1972. And that uh, was the second Christmas omnibus of Doctor Who. The very first one was a year prior, 
was the demons, which is kind of an odd choice for Christmas. But Let's was able to, uh, uh, you know, catapult upon or launch upon the success that uh, the BBC controller at the time, Paul Fox, and then head of television design, Richard Levin, Right. Uh, they both thought it was a very high quality production. So Barry Letts was able to say, hey, well, maybe perhaps we could do a Christmas repeat of it. So The Demons was the season finale for season eight. And then season nine began just a few days later with Day of the Daleks. So it kind of as a soft launch for the following season of Doctor Who. So it had a double purpose in uh, 1971 when the demons came out and then it was successful and Barry Letts was able to parlay the success into kind of a mini tradition during his tenure of uh, Christmas omnibus repeats. Yeah, Christmas, a Christmas treat. Um, and I think some of these, some of these are available on, on disc, right? Is the Demons Christmas edition available on the, the Demons DVD? I, I can't actually remember at this point. Uh, yeah, it's on the special features disc for the Demons on the Blu-ray. So yeah, right. the Christmas omnibus releases there. And also I know on Genesis yeah. of Daleks, that Christmas omnibus repeat was, um, we also saw it in the theaters too. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? Exactly. It was a nice way of bringing in new viewers and kind of setting up the new season. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, you, you, you say that um, The Demons is an unusual choice for Christmas. What, what, why do you say that? Well, it's set at Beltane, which is what, the uh, middle of uh, spring or high spring. Springtime, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it, it just didn't seem like... Not very Christmassy. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, then, you, you know, looking at what was available in that season, what, what else would you have chosen otherwise? And The Demons probably makes the most sense. I mean, if you wanted shorter, I suppose you could do Claws of Axis. There's snow in Claws of Axis. There is snow, yeah. But The Demons was the one that attracted the attention of the BBC brass, so that probably right. made the most sense to do. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I said I, I have, obviously I wasn't, I wasn't watching the demons age five, but certainly age six, I was right there with the sea devils. And um, what's odd though, and I, largely this podcast is based on my own memory, well, for my position, based on my own memories. I do not remember watching Green Death, um, Planet of Spiders, Genesis of the Daleks, etc., in subsequent Christmases, and that may be actually thinking about it because I had already seen those in episodic form, because, mm -hmm. you know, from The Three Doctors onwards, I was watching Doctor Who, you know, when it came out right. every Saturday. Um, so, a, you know, a Christmas omnibus wouldn't have registered in my mind so, uh, so much, I don't think. Hmm. Now, that's interesting, because you would think that with being so uncommon, to have a repeat that you would be all over that. Yeah, yeah, and I said, I, I, I said, it's, it's either I don't remember because I'd seen them all because I'd seen them already. Right. Um, so you know, my memories are, as I said, conflated between between the two, or it's entirely possible. You know, even at that early age, you know, I was kind of a snob about things, um, <laughs> and I may have felt that the omnibus edition, where everything is run together, and you, you know, it's obviously cut. And you don't get the lead in, you don't get the intro and the outro right. for each episode. I may have felt that they were beneath me. Um, <laughs> it's, enti I mean, it's entirely possible. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that's, that that's definitely the case, but I mean, it's entirely mm -hmm. possible that was the case. Um, it's also, I mean, Christmas is a busy time right. television wise. 
in the UK. It still is, even though, you know, television is something people watch a great deal less of. In the 1970s, it was basically, it was the greatest time of year for television. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, I'm sure, you know, our, my, our, my, our English listeners can, can understand this. You know, the arrival of the Christmas edition of the Radio Times was like a, just a red letter it was a two-week edition they had for the Christmas period. And that was like a red-letter day. That was just the greatest magazine of the year, basically. And you went through that with a fine-tooth comb, looking for all the awesome things that were happening over the Christmas period, where basically, you know, you just watch television all the time. Um, there may have been other things on the other side that possibly I wasn't more interested in, but perhaps my family were more, mm-hmm. more interested in. And I may have said, well, OK, I've already seen The Green Death. Um, so, yeah, family, you can watch, mm-hmm. you know, either the Morecambe Wise Christmas special on ITV or something. Yeah, so. yeah. OK, so that makes sense. It was, it, you had already seen it, so it wasn't as high of a priority then for... Now, if they, viewing. you know, if, they were talking, if we're talking Five Faces of Doctor Who and they were, you know, they were showing, I don't know, the omnibus edition of the crotons or something i'd have been like yeah okay you, you can't watch more and wise because i'm watching this right now because of course you know britain you know it's a it's a one television household you don't have more than one television right. uh so and uh and obviously there's no way to no other way to watch things mm-hmm. so you know there's a lot of horse trading that goes on at kind of very heavily television times of year or television times of the week um where you know said you know dad wants to watch the football Mum wants to watch. I don't know. I don't know what my mother would have wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, all creatures great and small or something. Um, and there's a Doctor Who omnibus, omnibus edition, etc., etc., etc. So as I said, there's a lot of horse trading that goes on um, at those times of year. So again, yeah, I may have. Uh, but as I said, you know, if it, if it had been something that I definitely hadn't seen and knew about, mm-hmm. um, then I would have. Yeah, I would have been all over that, and I would have. I would have said no. Sorry, no more common wise for you, Dad. Um, we're watching the Crotons. <laughs> So, but so like the Sea Devils, you hadn't seen before, so that was a must-see event. Yeah, and I suspect, I suspect, I mean, again, I'd have to ask my mother, who obviously wouldn't remember, um, so there's no point in asking her, but I mean, I suspect it was, it was probably presented to me as some kind of Christmas treat. Mm. Um, My parents were certainly aware of Doctor Who. I know that because a year or so later, when I was watching The Three Doctors, um, they were at pains to tell me that The Three Doctors would be great for you to watch because it features an earlier Doctor. Right. And I was like, well, there's no such thing. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and they were like, no, no, he was the Doctor before the current one. Right. I was like, okay, all right, I guess. Um, and also, I, mean, I guess the other thing I remember is, again, with, with I think my, my mother I was speaking to at a young age. Um, obviously, um, you know, we all know about the symbiotic relationship of Doctor Who to Blue Peter, right. um, the children's um, magazine show. And of course, Peter Purvis, um, when he stopped being Stephen on uh, Stephen Taylor <laughs> on, on Doctor Who, um, was, a, was a presenter on, on, on Blue Peter. And I, again, I can remember my mother distinctly telling me that, oh yeah, that P- yeah Peter on Blue Peter, he used to be on Doctor Who. And I oh, no, he didn't. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, and of course, now I know that she was right. And the, and the only reason that she would have known that is because she watched it in the 60s. Right. Um, she's not going to remember that right. at this point in her life. But I think that's proof positive that my parents were, like everybody in Britain, really, and I think we talked about this on the podcast before, you know, this was an incredibly popular show mm-hmm. that everybody watched. It wasn't some kind of niche sci-fi nonsense that only kind of nerds watched. It was a mass market, everyone watching show. 
It was Saturday tea time television. Yeah, it, was, it was, you know, there wasn't such thing as appointment television in those days because, you know. It was all appointment there was television. Only, <laughs> there, was only tele, there was only one television, basically. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, after the football, everyone sat down, sat down and watched Doctor mm-hmm. Who. So for, for that season, uh, generally Barry Letts was choosing like the Demons and the Green Death, et cetera, the, 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 you know, Planet of the Spiders, the, the season finales. But for, for that, that season, he chose the Scene Devils instead of the Time Monster. Now, uh, in fan appreciation, I think Sea Devils ranks higher than the Time Monster. But it's also, it's also kind of an interesting choice, I think, uh, to do. It's certainly the higher production values. You get the Royal Navy in there. Uh, right. uh, the master it, it, it's it's it probably feels more epic than perhaps the time monster or uh, the mutants or you have the day of the Daleks with the Daleks so that might have been something to to weigh but uh, it's an interesting choice that Let's made of uh, repeating the sea devils from that season yeah so was was he ever asked about that do we know I, do we have any I don't have any documentation but uh, perhaps the uh, who perhaps. research luminaries do or not I, I, I don't know but the sea devils is certainly yeah. a uh, exciting story and it uh, uh, appeals to young fans I think more than Perhaps the yeah, time monster. And, that, and in some ways, in some ways, it implies there's certain, there's, you know, that Let's had a certain level of self awareness. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe this is you know one's own kind of rose tinted glasses. But if one thinks about the time monster or the mutants, and then compares those to the sea devils, you right. know, Yeah, actually, sea, sea devils is better than those. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it is more epic. And actually, you're know, thinking certainly thinking about the time monster, for instance. It's see that was a relatively simple story that you can cut down possibly better mm. and still re- retain its sense rather than you know the time monster which is oh, all yes. over the place you know like well, now what's going on who knows yeah. and uh, you know the mutants where again there's a lot of hopping backwards and forwards from you know planet to to, to sky base to planet again etc 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 and again you know I'm sure you know Barry Letts would have reviewed you know the tapes. Mm-hmm of that season and gone like, oh yeah, actually those ones weren't very good. What is good is the Sea Devils. We'll repeat that mm-hmm. one. I think the only one I would maybe toss out there would be for the Curse of Peladon. Yeah, I mean, I saw, again, I mean, again, you know, they would have had ratings. So yeah. again, mm-hmm. maybe that was also part of, you know, Let's's calculation. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this is the one mm-hmm. everyone liked. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll show it again. Um, and again, you know, as, as you pointed out, there were no doubt, you know, luminaries higher up in the BBC who were going like, well, my kids really enjoyed the Sea Devils. Mm-hmm. They thought the Time Monster was rubbish. Um, you need to repeat the Sea Devils. <laughs> so like for the Green Death, uh, the 1973 omnibus story, that fell right smack in between the Time Warrior original broadcast so you have episodes one and two of the time warrior and then right smack in the middle you got the the day after boxing day your christmas omnibus replay the green death so that made i think for an interesting viewing experience where you look back at joe grant's departure in the middle of sarah jane's debut story Uh, yeah just due to timing so it's uh it's a it's a good choice. It's a great story. Yeah, it is. But the way season eleven was being broadcast, the omnibus, the day after Boxing Day, early seventies repeat, came right in the middle of a, a story, and I, and that generally wasn't the case. I think this is the only time that the omnibus repeats that it came in the middle of a new story. 
Yeah, yeah. And as, as I said, uh, it, that seems like an odd choice to us. But the point that, to make here is that, you know, Doctor Who was just another TV show um, at that point. You know, they weren't, mm-hmm. um, you know, this was before the show got obsessed with its own continuity, uh, you know, in the 80s. Um, and it, you know, this is just a show. So I, I can't see that being a, um, anyone going like, well, that's weird, because they wouldn't have thought that. Um, I cannot remember that break. Um, I can certainly remember very clearly watching The Time Monster. Uh, sorry, I beg your pardon, The Time Warrior. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember there being a break. Um, and me, well, not, I cannot remember my then watching The Green Death in the middle of it. Um, mm-hmm. I may have done, I, I, I may not have done. I suspect I didn't. And again, I suspect the reason why I didn't is because of Christmas TV horse trading. Yeah, that's a limitation of having one's television. And in the 70s, when I was growing up, I wasn't watching Doctor Who at that time, there was only one television in our household, too. It wasn't until the 80s that my parents got a second television, and that was for their bedroom. Right. And so there was the the downstairs TV and then the upstairs TV. So occasionally you could uh, then in the 1980s uh, for for us in in uh, growing up in the states there was two TVs. But generally we weren't allowed to watch television in mom and dad's room at all. Oh, this, so this is I've got to say this is interesting. Um, it's perhaps not interesting to anybody apart from myself. But there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, um, we also, again, because the, the way the BBC is funded, television is funded in the UK, which is still through a television license. Mm-hmm. If you got a second television, you had to pay a second license, um, which is, you know, a great reason for not having more than one television because you've got to pay twice right. as much. Until the early 80s, I think actually until I went away to school, which is weird, but then no, no, no. Hmm. Anyway. By and large, we, our television was, the family television was in my parents' bedroom. Um, so that's, that's where we watched television. Um, I think I've probably talked about this before. Um, my father was an architect and our house was very architectural. And the public areas of the house, i.e., you know, where the television might be usually, were very heavily curated and designed to be public areas of a certain kind and a television wouldn't have fitted with that schema for that space um, which is why the television was upstairs in my parents bedroom which was not a public space obviously because um, it's mm-hmm. where they where they slept um, but the kind of public gathering spaces in the house of television was was kind of the bone um, and I think I can remember and I again I'd have to ask my mum and she probably wouldn't remember I think at some point my mother and my sister and I, you know, basically sat my father down and said, listen, we need a, t- we need a television downstairs. <laughs> what the hell? Um, and I think under that, you know, sort of combined pressure of wife and children, he relented and the television appeared in the public spaces. But the, um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure why, why I came up with that anecdote now. But anyway, it was, it's, 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 um, that's where we watch television. And again, it may be the reason why I can't remember these Christmas omnibuses is that my parents might have been watching something else if they were on later in the day. Um, have you got timings for these? Yeah, so like the Sea Devils is at uh, uh, 3.05 or 3, 3 p.m. Oh, it was in the afternoon. Right, and uh, Green Death was at uh, 4 p.m. Okay, okay, here's the reason. Um, again, anecdoting about my own childhood. Watching television during the day was very, very much frowned on. And I suspect 
that I would not have been permitted to watch something that was going on during the day, especially over the Christmas season, where um, we may very well have been out visiting relatives mm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting them on in the afternoon, that makes a lot of sense to me. Putting them on in the afternoon means that they would have been a lot harder for me to watch. One, because of the general prohibition about watching television in the afternoon. Um, and two, it's Christmas. We may have been driving down to London to see my aunt um, or my other aunt um, right. or my great uncle um, or all the other people you had to see at Christmas. So that, that, that's, that, that's another reason. That's another mm-hmm. reason. The time of day. Yeah. Time of day. So yeah. like when you were watching in your parents' room, do you, were you like sitting on, on their bed or did they have like a little sitting area? I mean, how No, the, I mean, the bed, that work? I mean, we know, I, I remember the bedroom being huge because then, then I was small. So, you know, right. that doesn't, you know, that, 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 that's Scale. just no, no relevance <laughs> to that. Um, the, you know, the bed took up most of the room. There was a wardrobe on the, if you come in through the door, um, the door is on the right hand side. There's a wardrobe on the right hand side. We don't have closets in Britain, obviously. Um, unlike America, you have a wardrobe instead. Um, there was a small chest of drawers underneath the window by a radiator, a big window looking out onto the garden. And then next door to that small chest of drawers, that's where the television was. Um, then you turn a corner, there was another window looking out onto the other, so it's a right-angled room on the corner mm-hmm. of the house. And then at the, at the left-hand side of the room, um, on the other side of the bed, there is a sink um, where uh, uh, my dad would shave and stuff like that. So that's what the room looked like. We te- my sister and I tended to either sit on the end of the bed um, or sit you know, on the floor leaning up against the bed um, mm-hmm. for, you know, for sort of big family occasions, you know, we were watching something, we were watching together, we basically, we all lay on the bed, all four of us, um, and watch the telly from there. Yeah, so behind the sofa was just uh, <laughs> furniture There was no sofa, in- there was no sofa to get behind. <laughs> we were like, we were at the mercy of all the monsters. Um, so, you all know. you had is the bedclothes, a blanket, a blanket to protect you. <laughs> yeah, 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 we just, yeah, we were, we were naked, naked and afraid, um, mm-hmm. alone, without any sucker, without the sucker mm-hmm. of the, of the sofa um no and actually you know i mean uh i certainly wouldn't have hid behind any kind of sofa because i would have missed it um you know i would have missed right. the action i can't speak for what my sister was doing because i was glued to the screen at that point so you know right. i wasn't paying, right. paying attention to anybody else so the last of the pertwee uh, omnibus repeats was the planet of the spiders which aired one day before robot part one so it uh, again makes a lot of sense to do the big epic uh, swan song of the great john pertwee and then see the regeneration and go boom right into the next day go into robot and error of tom begins so do you obviously that happened uh, about quarter to three in the afternoon on december 27th then you probably missed that and only saw the debut of tom then the following day on the Saturday. Yeah, I think so. And again, I'm looking at these dates and just thinking about Christmas travel. I think the day after Boxing Day was the day where we would go and see cousins and great uncles and aunts and things. So, I mean, I think, mm-hmm. you know, the other thing, I, I, I was talking about the Christmas Radio Times. Um, I generally paid most attention when I was looking through the Radio Times to things that were on in the evening. Mm-hmm. And it's entirely possible if there wasn't some kind of graphic, I, I may have missed that there was Doctor Who uh, on, on right. during the day. Because obviously there's no other way to find out what was on. Right. And if you didn't see it, because the, the type for things that were on in the afternoon was a lot smaller. Um, mm-hmm. So you really had to kind of, you know, um, look very tightly right. at it. 
So again, yeah. Yeah, I may I may have just missed it. Um, mm -hmm. And especially if we were, you know, if we were traveling, driving down to Yule or something where my, where my aunt and uncle lived. Um, yeah, you know, we wouldn't be back until the evening. So Yeah, yeah. So the last, uh, I would think, Barry Letts inspired uh, Omnibus Repeat. And since he kind of launched season 12 with Robot and Dix had a lot to do with story selection. But that was Genesis of the Daleks. And that was the last one on uh, the 27th of December. Right. And that that kind of happened in between two stories in season 13 was going uh, Android Invasion had just completed and then Brain and Morbius was going to start up in uh, January 3rd. So, right, right. Uh, so uh, again, a uh, trimmed down version, no giant clams in the omnibus version of Genesis of the Daleks. Ooh. But uh Probably a pretty obvious one to do for a uh, Tom Baker repeat, I would think. It's the only or first and only repeat that had the Daleks in. And then I, that's probably a good one to trim down, I guess. Yeah, no, I said, I mean, much as I love the giant clams, they are a little bit surplus to requirements, superfluous to the, to the mm -hmm. action. Um, so, yeah, easy to trim. It's obviously a good story. And again, you know, you and I are both biased, but I think in general people say, yeah, yeah, that, that, that was a good one. Um, it's one that you'd, you know, you'd want to see again and, you know, even kind of casual viewers like my parents who certainly wouldn't be watching Doctor Who in the 70s, but they obviously, as I said, they're watching it in the 60s, you know, maybe, oh, Daleks are back on again. We remember those from 10 years ago. Right. Um, you know, we, we'll, we'll tune in. Again, though, you know, this being in the afternoon, which was, as, as I'm repeating, was definitely not a television watching time. I, I have no memory of, of seeing that at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The omnibus edition. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was a little bit earlier on. It was on a Saturday. It was a little bit earlier on in the day at 3 p.m. So, again, you probably were traveling. And that is pretty much it for the ominous repeats. When Hinchcliffe took over as producer, there were more repeats. But that, that kind of special Christmas viewing kind of waned. So, for the following year in 76... There was, uh, on the 27th of November, they repeated in omnibus format Pyramids of Mars. And then on the 4th of December, the Brain of Morbius was, went out. So there was a couple. But November is a little early for the Christmas season. And we were definitely in Advent then for Brain of Morbius on the 4th. But it's not in that Christmas Eve to New Year's sweet spot of everyone has time off and could potentially no, be watching. No, absolutely not. No, it's not. And I, I'm, it would be interesting, I mean, I don't know, I mean, I guess one would have to go to the BBC archives, but I mean, it was interesting what, on those dates, so, you know, end of November, beginning of December, you know, what was, what was usually at that spot mm. on those days? Because ob obviously, you know, the, the television schedules were quite structured. Right. Um, and, you know, the same thing would be on every week. I mean, uh, and... It, it's it's relatively unusual for some, for something as you know as long an hour and a half or so for a cut down right. Doctor Who. It's unusual that there would be space for that. I'm wondering whether they were plonked in because again you know they, the, they are in, on the in, Saturday, so it would would be yeah. And so so a Saturday afternoon, you know, there'd either be football soccer on or there would be a movie of some kind. And I'm wondering whether they were dropped in. When there wasn't a, a a soccer fixture or something, yeah. when there wasn't a when there wasn't a match that day, or again maybe it was you know saving money for 
from you know repeating you know they flew to Bruges or something you know another kind of you know mm. black and white war film from the 1950s mm-hmm. so yeah I mean that would be kind of interesting to work that out well it wouldn't I mean, it wouldn't be that interesting but anyway it would be I would be curious to know what the calculation was there mm-hmm. what was it displacing on that Saturday afternoon there was no Doctor Who uh coming on in any time soon I think in in that season if if memory memory serves so maybe it was just trying to keep uh, the who pump primed uh who pump they were the seeds of doom was uh slated to be a repeat the following um saturday after brain and morbius but it never never aired so okay you, know, you can make an argument that that's seasonal at least in the northern hemispheres with uh, the snow and antarctica so it uh it kind of was uh it kind of petered out there under Hinchcliffe, and the the last one was a, a two part omnibus in uh, 1977 on the Christmas Eve, uh, Robots of Death, and then on January 1st, New Year's Day of 1978, the the second half of Robots of Death, and after that, right. there just really wasn't that December Christmas omnibus. So by the time you know Graham Williams took over or was a appointed producer that the, either the show had lost its cachet within the BBC and it had a little bit, but it just didn't have that tradition anymore. It was kind of a short-lived Barry Letts uh, 71 through effectively 75, yeah. five repeats omnibus, but they, they hold a, a special place in UK fans uh, who are in their 50s now, I think. <laughs> Uh, um, like me, um, you know those who those who actually watch them. Um, so here's here's a question: um, mm-hmm. When did you become aware of these Christmas omnibus editions? I mean, I'm assuming Ooh. they weren't shown in the states. No, they weren't shown. In the uh, although uh, after the second or third run of Tom Baker in the episodic format, they switched to evenings uh, once once a week viewing or twice a week viewing, but uh, one one story at a sit down, and they had switched over to omnibus format, but they weren't trimmed down omnibus other than removing credits and uh, the repeats. Uh, the, of, the, of the, the cliffhanger, the repeat of, yeah. yeah, the clip, the, re- the repeated cliffhanger. So oh, interesting. So okay, instead yeah. of, uh, so they could shave off, uh, depending on how much of repeat it was, they could save off between two minutes per episode plus credits. So say three minutes. So on a four parter, you'd save almost fifteen minutes. So they could get it almost under an hour and a half for a four part story. Yeah. yeah. So uh, finding out about the Christmas omnibus repeats, I think. I really didn't grok onto him until you started talking about the Sea Devils, honestly. Okay. So Doctor Who is not a television tradition, at least Christmas viewing in the classic era uh, at all. It wasn't until RTD with the specials and um, the Christmas Invasion, really, that uh, Christmas viewing of Doctor Who became anything and it wasn't until we had uh, day and date broadcasts in the U.S. that it even become possible uh, for most uh, American, North American viewers. Yeah, well, there's two things interesting there. One of which is obviously, and I think as we've, we've said before, you know, the, the kind of tradition of the Christmas episode of something or Christmas television viewing right. is not something that's really particularly prevalent in the United States. You know, you, uh, for I, I'm sure 
complicated reasons. Um, but, you know, you don't all sit down and watch the same show on Christmas. It's very rare that a family watches anything the same. It's Television has become more and more a solo activity or a solo activity that you share with like-minded individuals uh, either through real-time chat or tweeting or something like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the family television. I, I remember like yeah. watching nature programs or you know equivalent to right. David Attenborough type stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, with with my family, but like with my children, aside from a few instances, community watching television is pretty rare. But I think it's also. I mean, it's interesting that that RTD revived that tradition, um, presumably based on his own memories of watching these Christmas omnibuses, because until RTD turned up, you know, there were no Christmas episodes of Doctor Who. Right. The Christmas episodes were only what was either what was on at the time, what, you know, what show was, what serial was currently running, or these repeat omnibuses. I mean, I think the only even vaguely Christmassy episode of Doctor Who, which I think is, I think people have kind of retconned a little bit, um, would be the Horns of Nymon, which people, you know, say, well, you know, Lala Ward's wearing a red coat, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's kind of over the top, like a pantomime would be, etc, 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 etc. But otherwise, the classic, classic era of Doctor Who didn't do Christmas episodes. Right. Um, It was, well, Feast of Stephen. There's the Feast of of Stephen. Right. Um, And we're not going to talk about that because none of, no no one's really got any idea what that was, really. (laughs) Even the people who watched it um, have forgotten, thankfully, um, apparently. So, you know, it was R2D who really kind of revived, revived, created, say revived, created a tradition of Doctor Who being on at Christmas. What is interesting to kind of attach to that is that Doctor Who has stopped being on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chris uh, thank Chibnall. Thank you, Chris Chibnall. Um, for <laughs> either Chib, and I think this is the spin, saying, well, you know, it's better to have it on New Year's Day or it's better to have it on another day. He's, he either made that decision himself or was said, <laughs> we're not going to have it on Christmas Day anymore. We'd rather have an, uh, you know, a repeat we'd rather have a Morecambe and Wise that we've discovered in someone's attic um, mm-hmm. instead. Um, which I think is a shame because, I, you know, I remember watching, you know, again, you know, RTD is now, <clears throat> RTD's first era is now, you know, the stuff of memories. I can remember watching the Doctor Who Christmas special with my kids in the television watching room at my mother's house over Christmas. Right. And that was a great thing. And it was, you know, it was a, it was a lovely, nice piece of family television. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I feel Chibnall, and, you know, we won't turn this into another kind of Chibnall discussion. I think one of the things that Chibnall sort of lost sight of in his tenure, and actually in some ways Moffat as well, um, they lost sight of the show being a family show hmm. that everybody wanted to watch. And it has kind of become, I think, under Moffat, it was a show that only people who liked the show wanted to watch. Under Chibnall, it's kind of taken it back to, you know, this is a show that really only kids, only children want to watch. Um, so, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm a huge RTD booster. I'm very excited about him coming back um, because I think he really understands what the show is about. Mm-hmm. Or what, he connects to the show at a level that uh, you connect at. Uh, well, I think uh, Chibnall perhaps connects more to the show as it was under the JNT era. Right. Uh, and both of us were kind of losing interest in the show, too. So it's, uh, 
a different approach to Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, it's, it's a fle- as everyone said, it's a very flexible format, mm-hmm. sort of. So, you know, you can have different approaches to it. But hopefully, fingers crossed, from 2023, we'll be getting Christmas episodes back again. Yeah, and maybe at least the first era of RTD was very much like uh, Let's's uh, unit family era. So you have, you know, the Tylers and the Joneses and uh, Noble family. And yeah. uh, may- maybe we'll see a return of the Christmas serials. But reflecting back to the 1970s omnibuses, do you think in the era of um, home video, whether it be uh, DVD or Blu-ray or uh, if you're old school, VHS. Uh, you're the expert. <laughs> has any place? Has any? You're America's Mr. VHS. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> has any place anymore? Is I mean, is there a room uh, in broadcast television anymore for omnibuses, or is it? Uh, if you want, if you want a Christmas repeat of a Doctor Who story, why have it broadcast? You can either go on a streaming service like yeah. BritBox, or pull off your shiny disc off your shelf and. Uh, be your own uh, programmer. Well, yeah, or if you're in the UK, just go into BBC iPlayer and just watch it again, you know, whenever you feel like it. Um, well, I mean, I think, I think this is what television is currently struggling with. And I think there are, I was going to say smarter, but probably not smarter, but certainly um, uh, more experienced people within the television business who are kind of grappling with this right now. Okay, what is the role of broadcast television? Uh, I can't speak for you, but certainly over since at least for six seven eight years Mm -hmm. um in this house where i am in minneapolis um we've not had on-air television you know we don't watch television right we watch stuff over the internet Mm -hmm. which goes on to our television sets Mm -hmm. so you know we want to watch doctor who um we will go to britbox or you know hook up iplayer or because we've got them all on dvd we'll just watch dvds you know what we're not doing is like oh Six o'clock in the evening, it's time for Doctor Who. We need to sit down and watch it now. Mm-hmm. That We haven't done that for at least, you know, as I said, six, seven, eight years. Yeah. And we're old. Yeah. What young people are up to, I mean, I could probably ask one because my daughter's walking around in the kitchen. Um, you know, young people of her generation don't appear to watch television at all. I'll have to say it would be very hard for my daughter to watch television because we don't have it in this house. You know, we don't have it hooked up to an aerial. Mm-hmm. But I would find it weird if she suddenly started insisting that we, you know, we started watching. <laughs> whatever's on. <laughs> yeah, the PBS News Hour or something. Or, you know, whatever's on television. I don't even, watch, I don't know, even know what's on television. Mm-hmm. That would be very odd of her to demand that. So, yeah, I mean, what what is the role of an omnibus? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You mm-hmm. know, if you want to watch Doctor Who and you want to watch it cut down, just fast forward through the bits that you don't want to watch. Right. Well, the only reason you cut it down is you want it to fill a specific time You want duration. it to fit a particular space. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And even, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm a bit more sympathetic to this than my wife is, but, you know, when we're watching things over Netflix or whatever, you know, we won't watch the credits. And certainly on Netflix, it's very hard to watch right. the credits because they, they insist that you start watching the next episode immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, shows are effectively cut down already. Um, they're cut down by the broadcaster on broadcast. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, future of television. Um, I'm old enough now not to really care about the future of television. Uh, <laughs> we live in the past anyways. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, how many more years have I got left? Not that many, um, you know. 
So yeah, I'm happy with the way that I consume visual media currently. Mm -hmm. And you know, if television goes away, that's fine. Do you think it's mostly Netflix and streaming services that impacted television off the air? Or do you think it was the switch over to digital rather than analog broadcast? I, I'm trying to pinpoint when, when well, we stopped over, watching. The switch over to digital from analog allowed for Netflix etc to become a thing mm -hmm. i think the fact that you know we don't have to set our watches by our favorite shows anymore um, right. in terms of nostalgia is a shame but in terms of our everyday lives that's great you mm -hmm. know we can watch what we want when we want to watch it mm -hmm. um i'm a little bit don't really care for the whole kind of binge watch thing because mm -hmm. i think it it means that you stop concentrating at some point. And I actually like to be able to, okay, that episode is finished. I'm going to sit down and think about it for a bit. Right. And then I'm going to watch the next episode rather than, you know, it's on one, you know, I'm just going to watch all of Breaking Bad back to back. But you know, there's obviously, there's so much money now right. in Netflix, HBO, Hulu, Disney Plus, that, you know, broadcast or visual media is not going to go away. And again, what one reads about it is that, you know, the business model of Netflix is not ratings, it's subscriptions. Right. You know, they don't really care if you don't watch it. Right. What they want you to do is to sign up for it. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing is changing. Um, the only thing that's not changing is people making shows. Right. There's a lot of discussion, I think, from the kind of right wing media in the UK about, you know, why do we still have the BBC? Why do we still have the license fee? You know, why don't we just have a subscription like Netflix, blah, 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 which, you know, one can see where that argument's coming from. But it's vaguely, it's broadly ignorant because, of course, what makes something like the BBC interesting is not tentpole drama like Doctor Who or, you know, Line of Duty or something, but what's in between. Mm -hmm. And if the BBC moved to a subscription-style model, we would lose what was in between. Right. So the kind of magazine shows, the daytime shows, a whole bunch of stuff that is the kind of background of kind of, you know, a unified British culture, that would go away completely mm -hmm. if the BBC was defunded and turned into a Netflix. Well, I think you kind of see that uh, loss of common shared television experience in the U.S. too when we switched from analog to digital and all streaming it, without appointment television. There isn't really a common vernacular of, did you see that last night? Or uh, even with sporting events, I think there's time shifting going on and different ways of experiencing it. So I think there's less and less commonality of a shared cultural experience. So right, agreed. And yeah. we're we're seeing less and less uh, solidarity with their fellow citizen in the United States. I think, and maybe it comes down to we have a proliferation of choices, and you can find. Uh, the entertainment or information or infotainment that you want to fit whatever you're thinking rather than perhaps yep. maybe the cultural program or what what a broadcaster might think you should watch. And as we all know, the problem is the algorithms, algorithm keeps feeding you more of what you want rather than... What you need. Um, <laughs> what you need, yeah. exactly. Which again, you know, that's, that's the American way. Like everybody should have what they want. There's no such thing as there's no such thing as a thing that you need. Um, all that you need is what you want, um, and that's kind of you know very different from the kind of Rethian ethos of something like the BBC, where the BBC was like, hey, this is what people need, um, mm -hmm. and what they want is kind of immaterial. 
and um, you know this is this is this is why we end up where we are today. Uh, and again, sounding like an old person. Um, well, we are old not people. Actually, <laughs> that's not not actually a great place, right? Really. Well, we, even with uh, with RTD taking over Doctor Who in uh, what twenty twenty three, it's a Bad Wolf production. Uh, it's no longer going to be produced by BBC proper, and yep. Bad Wolf is largely owned by Sony. So by Sony, yeah. So it's uh, it's going to be a very different uh, animal, I think, coming coming down the pike, and uh, I think people who maybe grew up watching RTD Doctor Who with uh, Eccleston and Tennant might be in for a surprise. If they're expecting a repeat of that, be it'll be different. RTD has moved on too. Yeah, I mean, there'll be a lot more money, mm. potentially, <laughs> potentially. If, Sony, <laughs> if, Sony be- if Sony think that it's successful. Right. They won't care the number of people who watch it on the BBC, but they will care, you know, how licensable it is to other countries right. and how successful it is in the United States. And if it is successful in those other markets, it will get a bunch more money and will will look very different. I mean, I guess with RTD at the helm, it'd still be made in Cardiff. Um, it will still be, you know, um, the alien planets will still be distinctively Welsh looking. Um, Maybe. But the money's come from somewhere else, basically. Yeah. And so the only constant is change. And <laughs> Doctor Who is going to yeah. be changing again. And it'll be interesting to see. Well, this is what we, all, we always say about Doctor Who. What's interesting about the show, and actually, you know, whenever my, you know, whenever my kind of non-Doctor Who watching friends go like, well, why do you like it? It's rubbish. And it's like, well, no, what's interesting about it is that it's been going on for such a long time that everything about it tells you everything you need to know about broadcast culture, visual culture, over a 60 going on 70 year mm-hmm. period. Yeah. And as you just said, you know, the, the, the only constant is change and the show always changes according to what the right. era wants. So when people like bleat on about Shibnall's era being all kind of woke, etc., well, okay, that's the culture right now. So that's why it's like right. what it's like. So, you know, uh, mm-hmm. too bad. It's not for you if you don't like that. And it's always been for what is generally going on rather than what is particularly going on, yeah. if that's even a word. What's going on in particular? What's happening? Yeah. What's happening, man? <laughs> Doctor Who. Doctor Who's what's happening. So for your own uh, scheduled Christmas omnibus repeat, Groovy, do you baby. have anything on deck? I'm going to be hitting Galaxy 4, I think, in the Christmas, between Christmas and New Year period. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be watching The Thingy of the Daleks whenever that happens. <laughs> uh, and, um, yeah, no, I, think, I think it's lining up Galaxy 4 on the platter now to um, enjoy over the Christmas period. I think I'm going to queue up Evil the Daleks. I think if, if we oh, are nice going one. to uh, chat about that in a future pod, that'd be probably a good one to it's a ease into. It's a goodie. Yep. Yep. Right. Right. Well, I mean, so we're back. We're back. Um, for, for a while. We'll see how it goes. For a while. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And, Excellent. Uh, thank you for listening to episode 192 of the Metabulous 2 podcast. I have been talking about omnibus doctor who with ben and i've been talking about the future of television and doctor who omnibuses with david until next time farewell
Doctor Who will be back in a fortnight with a complete adventure in one program, Genesis of the Daleks. That's in two weeks' time on Saturday the 27th of December at 3 o'clock on BBC One.